You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by one of the leading Vedic astrologers in the Western world. Her name is Charlotte Benson. When I say Vedic astrologer, hopefully you don't automatically check out because that would be ignorant. Vedic astrology is a massively powerful tool that's been used for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years to have us, let us better understand ourselves. Charlotte works with literal billionaires. Um, In fact, she gets a phone call during this session um, from someone in Silicon Valley whose name you would recognize. She works with Saudi princesses, Saudi princes. She is a leading expert in Vedic astrology. Now, how does that work for you? Well, we can look to the alignment of the stars as a way to better understand ourselves. And if you are a true biohacker, if you are a true optimizer of the self and you want to be your absolute best, you should absolutely look at astrology for keys to understand yourself better. You can also look to astrology to have a better understanding of timing. See, timing is everything. And when you're born, the stars and the moon, I'm sorry, specifically the planets, are in a position that is fixed. And from that point, they they make motions. Maybe you've heard the word Saturn returns. You see, the moon influences the tides on this planet. It's not that big of a jump to go from there to the fact that the, the planets in our solar system also influence us. We talk about uh, natural cycles and using them to your advantage. And you can ask questions and consult Vedic astrology for questions like, well, when should I retire? When should I invest? I'm feeling a lull at work. What's going on with that? Well, it may be because you are in some sort of cycle that will last for a year and a half. And so it may be a good time for you to focus on something else while you sort of lay low at work. You know, one quote that I reference in this episode that I absolutely love is from JP Morgan in which he says, anyone can be a millionaire, but if you want to be a billionaire, you need an astrologer. It's a resource that all of us can use. It is completely democratic. It can work for everyone. And I've used it to sell float businesses and start new businesses. And if you are the person, a true biohacker, a true tinkerer with the self and and self-optimizer, you should really look at astrology as maybe that one thing that you haven't used yet that might help you in your life. And she doesn't ever do stuff like this because she doesn't need to, but she, she's, uh, Charlotte has allowed uh, me to give you guys a special offer for 20% off um, a consultation with her. She's not cheap, but she is one of the best, literally one of the best in the world. And she works with billionaires, names you would know. She also works with Saudi princes and princesses. She's been on television a bunch of times. She knows her stuff. She's phenomenal. She's a charming person. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Before we launch into the episode, just a few more announcements. Number one, Natural Stacks has just released two phenomenal CBD products. One is for mood and one is for sleep, and they are both, we've done some pre-orders already, and it's already a massively popular product. The price point is insane for the amount of CBD that you get in this in this gel cap, and uh, you're going to want to check it out. So go to naturalstacks.com. 
Follow me on Instagram, Real Sean McCormick, and also the Optimal Performance Podcast on Instagram. And give me your feedback. I really want to hear from you guys. I have this idea to ask you guys for your opinions on which guests to bring. If you have some thoughts, send it my way, Sean at naturalstacks.com or Sean at optimalperformance.com. As I always say, I love doing this content. I'm so glad that you're listening. I'm so glad that you're opening up your mind and your heart to hearing this information. And week after week after week, I want to keep bringing this stuff to you. And I loved hearing from you. Please subscribe on all, wherever you listen to this podcast, please subscribe. It really helps our numbers. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Charlotte Benson. And we are here with Charlotte Benson. Charlotte, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. It's lovely to be here, Sean. So I would like to start with sort of a definition of the distinction between what most people think of when they think of astrology versus what you do. Can you tell us the difference between newspaper astrology snippets and the work that you do? Sure. Yes. And uh, there is a big difference. So what I practice is, is commonly known as Vedic astrology or the type of uh, astrology that uh, comes from ancient India, which the references to the Vedas, the, the sacred books of, of India. So, um, and, and this model of astrology calculates the planetary positions where they actually are in the sky against the backdrop of the constellations. So I don't mean to be obscure about that, but for instance, to compare and contrast what uh, what most people in the West are have been exposed to is Western astrology. Uh, that's what we call it, Western astrology. And so that's based on uh, the symbolic positions of the planets. I'm condensing this, but the the um, the symbolic position of the the planets. But Vedic astrology, I have found uh, after practicing this for twenty five years that since the stars, since the actual constellations emit a certain type of influence, uh, measuring the measuring the planets against the backdrop of the stars where they actually are is is really accurate. It's really relevant. Um, so this is something that that really hasn't Vedic astrology has been uh, more accessible to Westerners since the early 1990s. But uh, it's vastly different than the emphasis on sun signs. Everybody in everybody knows what their sun sign is. And so that's one of 12. And they can really identify with their tribe. And, you know, that's great as far as it goes. That's great as far as it goes. But um, again, the Vedic astrology that I'm so passionate about is uh, I would say it's a lot more scientific. For instance, if a person if, if we asked an astronomer where the sun is, where the sun is in, in terms of constellational, the constellations on March 25th or 21st of any year, it would not be Aries, it would be in Pisces. So that blows some people's mind, but in Vedic astrology, we don't really put that much emphasis on a person's sun sign. The sun stays in the sign for a month. Well, that's nice, but it doesn't make that much difference. What Vedic astrology is really concerned about is a person's rising sign. That's a two-hour window of time that uh, uh, that identifies a person based on their, uh, which is defined by the exact time of birth a person is born, the time and the place a person is born. 
not the month a person is born. So yeah, yeah. So there's a distinction because I'm a Pisces, but uh, but more specifically in the way that you analyze and read and forgive me if I butcher the terminology, but but it's bigger than how we think of our sun signs. I was born March 12th, so I'm a Pisces with, you know, how many other millions of Pisces. And what yeah. what you do is you look at not only the the day and time in which one person is born, but also the, the geographic location in which yes. they're born. And then it rolls out from there for the rest of their life. Yep, that's that is the short version. You've you've synopsized that very well, Sean. So you know, in, in Vedic astrology, you, you would say that you're a Pisces if you are Pisces rising. If that was your ascendant, if you were st- sitting on a bar stool in Mumbai and somebody said, "What's your sign, baby?" I realize that's quite unlikely, but. <laughs> You would say what your rising sign is, and that and that really identifies your your orientation toward the world, what your interests are, what your it's more like what your personality is. This a person's sun sign represents typically what how they are known in the outer world by what they do, what they do professionally or on as their exterior self. So again, Hold on to your hat or your earphones, anything else that might fly off. But Sean, you know that your son is actually in the constellation of the water bearer in Aquarius. So we would say, just using you as an example, you poor unsuspecting person, using you as an example, we would say that professionally, your a part of your your portfolio would be to, although you know no pressure, but it would be to to. Uh, collaborate with the evolution of human consciousness. Yes. There. Yes, there please. But again, no pressure. <laughs> um, but that's what, uh, that's, and that's in an external way in terms of your profession. So um, I don't know if I'm making this more clear or more muddy, but uh, but again, as a, as a professional, I've been an astrologer my entire life. I've been so fortunate I could be, uh, dedicate myself professionally to doing only astrology and having looked at both systems both western and vedic astrology i, I you know i practice the west uh, i, I practice uh, vedic astrology exclusively now because it's more accurate both for a uh, you know a personality assessment and anything that goes along with that and for predictions and you know predictions that's why people talk to astrologers yes let's right? let's go there because how I came to know you was through a friend of mine who is a CEO of a venture capital fund. And when he explained to me that he consulted you, a Vedic astrologer, to help him choose meaningful dates um, to, to either activate on business transactions or to work a little harder or even to pump the brakes a little bit and take some time off and maybe this is not the opportune time to start an LLC. Maybe this is not uh, the best time for you to go into a business transaction. And I know, and maybe people know this or maybe they don't, but there have been 
many, many, many famous leaders and successful business people who have consulted with astrologers to help guide the timing of their life. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the, I know you can't name names, but can you tell us a little bit about some of the people that you have worked with and how it has helped them uh, be successful? Sure, I'll give that a shot. So, so working backwards, you know, really astrology is really democratic. It's for everybody. Anybody from wherever they are starting can use the information provided by where the planetary positions are. But uh, you know, I've been around for a long time, and so in the course of my my work, yes, I I number in my in terms of my clients a billionaire. That's not an exact, that's not in the Austin Powers term of billionaire or Carl Sagan, but you know, a bill, billionaires and, and CEOs of major, you know, household name corporations, uh, you know, people that are, you know, ener energetic, creative, educated people, you know, they just want, they wanted another, uh, they wanted another bit of, um, of objective information uh, from the planetary positions. So, yeah, people from all walks of life consult me about astrology, including the person that that referred you. Um, you know that as a as a practical matter, this is like uh, using using weather forecasting. Uh, only the weather patterns are coming from a much la larger frame of reference. This is more like cosmic weather. So, um, I don't know if that's addressing your question, but yeah, in terms. Um, you know, in terms of helping people, gosh, uh, you know, it, it, I think it helps people. It helps. I started studying astrology to figure things out on my own when I was very young, and uh, certainly helped my. I've certainly helped myself. Well, no, that doesn't sound right. No, uh, I mean, <laughs> it does. It should. Uh, I mean, I've put it to the test, uh, you know, uh, tens of thousands of times, and. Uh, it does help to opt optimize life performance because, Sean, as you mentioned, you know, there's, there is a, as it says in the Bible, there's a time for everything. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. And not everything moves forward in a nice linear, fast forward state. We as Americans prefer that mode. Yes, always be moving forward. Uh, but, you know, that's not actually how the world, the world works. We probably know that. So, uh, you know, kind of, addressing that part even when there's a, a downtime or as you say that it's appropriate to pump the brakes you know that that's you know save save effort that's not going anywhere or beat a strategic repeat or a retreat or live to fight another day as well as identifying times to take advantage of it's it's uh it's a pretty straightforward proposition yeah so what what are some of the what would be some of, can you give us some examples of, of key times or, or information that you're able to read to provide to people where they might, they might do X or Y, or they might not like, like what, give us some examples of what might make sense for someone to, to use Vedic astrology for. Well, uh, let's see. People come for, to, to me. Typically, people come to me when they're at some kind of a crossroads. You know, they need to make a decision that they just cannot figure out on their own based on you know what they perceive their options to be. So, um, you know, the planets are assigned different uh, capabilities. Let's say 
So just to put it in the most simplistic way, the very most simplistic way, uh, the, the planet Saturn, uh, which moves very slowly, uh, typically, when Saturn is uh, is operative in a in a client's life or experience, that says, be more deliberate, patient, check your options, eliminate what will not work, uh, consolidate your resources, that sort of thing. You know, Saturn is the planet with rings around it. So it's a, it, you know, we could use that as an analogy. It says, contract, you know, el eliminate non possibilities. So if Saturn were really predominant, and that would be, you know, that would take some skill to figure out if, if, if Saturn is the biggest player, then I would, uh, I would identify those, the, the, this time frame and say, okay, for, here's a distinct time frame. And so uh, sit on this for a bit, contemplate, get a second opinion, see if, the, I mean, really considerately uh, analyze if, if, if this makes practical sense for you, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but in, in contrast to that, for instance, if I saw in the, in, in the near future that a person were going to have a Jupiter influence, uh, I would, uh, I would advise them, you know, getting, getting on it, assume, assume a positive outcome, do whatever you can immediately to prepare for that because Jupiter is the planet of evolution. Evolution, fortune, gain, wealth, expansion, understanding, and the ability to take a calculated risk. Uh, but you know, sort of ironically, if the planet of expansion is prominent in a in a client's chart at any at any given moment, uh, typically they're they're feeling pretty good about things and they kind of want to slack off a bit, because huh. uh, you know because it's because they're feeling better. So um, so my uh, my job as I see it my intention is to be useful, is to say, well, here's a time to consolidate your resources and, and uh, uh, you know, ob observe a little bit more. Or even though you're not expecting this, you're in this great period and put some speed on. So now that we have a little bit more context for the characteristics of two of the planets, I wonder if you might walk us through some of the characteristics of, of some of the other planets. Oh, Sure. That would be my honor. Well, so uh, the, the most important planet, let's call the moon a planet, uh, the most in, important uh, celestial body in anybody's chart is the moon. A person's, mo because the moon sign, uh, a moon, there are 27, get this, there are 27 moon signs. And uh, the moon is the most important planet uh, because it represents a person's habitual state of mind and how they perceive their world. So, you know, going on the premise that how you see is what you get, that's obviously, that's a, that's a, a, it's, a it's a big deal. The moon represents a person's emotionally reactive, habitual, uh, reactive planets, uh, uh, patterns, even left over from childhood. Emotionally reactive habit patterns that were inculcated in their in their experience and their behavior since childhood. This is a big deal. Even if we were if we were to eliminate all the other planets and just look at a person's moon sign, uh, that would give us a tremendous amount of information about how their mind, basically how their mind works. Um, so that's what the moon represents, and the moon represents a million other things, or perhaps a billion other things: uh, relationship with mother, uh, home, family issues. 
uh, uh, comfort levels and all sorts of things. But essentially, it's a, a, per, a person's how they view the world and their habitual state of mind. So that's a teensy bit about the moon. But uh, again, there are 27 different moon signs uh, as a distinct uh, contrast to 12 sun signs. So I'm, I'm not picking on Western astrology. I'm just saying. And, and you know, this is fairly easy for a person to figure out. There are, hmm, well, fairly fairly easy to figure out. Uh, I think a person could just Google, what's my what's my Vedic astrology moon sign? Uh, of course, they could ask me and I could tell them, but I think there's, there's uh, more accessible sources than that. But that's a very important thing to know about uh, a person's self. Because the thing about being able to objectively identify an influence that comes from something that is so uh, you know, so vast as getting the influence of where your moon sign is, this allows for greater self-acceptance, especially for young people. You know, it makes the referral, this self-referral, self-referral, not, not exterior expectations from other people on how you should be. So the, the self-acceptance factor is really, I mean, I know I'm kind of verge, uh, veering off here, you're, you're your uh my charge to tell you what the planets mean but knowing your moon sign is crucial there um i can elaborate on that further if you like but just to just in the interest of, of giving this a survey um i mean is this what you'd like me to do this is Come. good this is good so so let's because i do want to go to the other planets and know what sort of the characteristics and meanings are in people's lives but okay. but but before we go there yeah. let's go a little yeah. bit further with the moon sign because um you talk about how is this useful. So if I know that I am in a particular moon sign, then that yeah. will that will indicate some characteristics of my of my emotional states, my inner states, the way that I see the world. And then yes. once I know that, um, is it up to me? to either capitalize on that and play into that strength or is or or now that now that I know that or now that someone else will know that what what can they do with that information well you were about to say I, I think you were about to say can you capitalize on your own strengths and can you work on the the weaknesses that are also inherent in that particular position yes yes and it, it's a very good tool for identifying what those two the what those two concepts are so for instance just to pick something um if your uh, if your moon was in the first uh the the first sign of the zodiac if it were in in aries in the in the little tiny star pattern of ashwini then this would say that in in a certain way one of your one of your strong suits is to um you must find you must find conditions around you to display personal bravery um, because that would feed your soul uh, because otherwise that could devolve into just being aggressive or bellicose or argumentative. You know you would pick your battles, but you would pick them for a good reason. you would you would understand that that's it's part of your nature to be a bit fiery or to want to take up arms against outrageous fortune, or, you know, the best use of that would be to defend the weak, as opposed to just randomly going out and picking fights. Hmm. I'm, of course, reducing this to a caricature, but 
just to compare compare and contrast a little bit of that. Interesting. Okay, cool. So I get that. So so if I know because of I've indicate I've I've understand I understand what my moon sign is, and, mm-hmm. and I know that I have a propensity um, to do to be aggressive or to be bombastic. Um, yeah. I should know that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there are some weaknesses there that I might want to take a look at working on for my own personal growth and development. Yes, absolutely. Cool. And then it would be, and then that, that actually also in a certain way, it justifies taking time to do whatever that activity is. So use it using the current example. So for instance, uh, if a person, a person with an, this Aries moon or Shwini moon, uh, would, uh, would would intentionally carve out time to what develop to in martial arts or or in in some other way that they can uh you know that in a in a in a rational form you know fight some kind of a good fight yeah uh, cool okay cool okay so um now that we've got saturn jupiter the moon where do we go next well, that Mercury in, in the astronomical order. So little Mercury is the messenger of the gods. Uh, the planet Mercury is associated with communication, thinking uh, how a person perceives reality and solves problems on a daily basis, facts, figures, ideas, uh, early education. We could stop at communication. So uh, the position of a person's Mercury, uh, maybe, for instance, maybe uh, some of your listeners have heard of the... Uh, the, the rather commonplace phenomenon of the retrograde Mercury. Uh, that's when I think most, three times a year. Most of us know that, right? Re- oh, Mer- Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an urban myth. That's the one <laughs> thing that they're, they're always hearing because, you know, it's easy enough to determine when that happens. That that happens three times a year for three weeks at a time. Uh, but it, and and the uh, you know the the typical representation of that is that you know the devil is in the details and little things get screwed up because Mercury is retrograde and well, you know some of that's true uh, obviously but uh, but Mercury being the planet of of communication says that you know a person with a, with a person with a strong Mercury like you have Sean is a is a good communicator and it can be empathetic and and let's just we could say good commu- communicator and problem solver uh, for and then using that example of the retrograde mercury if a person is born with a retrograde mercury that means that they're going to have to adjust their style to the rest of to the rest of the world it's almost like being left-handed in a right-handed world hmm. It's neither good nor bad. It's just a different style. But if a person knows that they have a retrograde Mercury, for instance, in their birth chart, they would, uh, you know, they would be extra due diligent about making sure that what they are saying is being received in the manner in which it's intended. Ah. For instance, it's just a little tweak there. Um, so that that in itself is a useful concept. You were about to give us a for instance. What's the for instance? Uh, I think it was a retrograde Mercury. Uh, or, you know, if, if a person has a Mars-Mercury conjunction, they can be, uh, you know, they might have to slow down a little bit to let people catch up with them. Or if a move, uh, oh, now I've introduced, oh, geez, Sean, I went beyond this. I uh, Now I've introduced the concept of a planet, of a planet being influenced by another planet. Well, <laughs> they, that's how it works. Uh, that's why, you know, what you read in the commercial uh, astrology, it's, it's maybe maybe 2% of it is true. But 
that would be an example of, you know, learning how your natural communication ability could be upgraded so that it could work even better. Ah, powerful. I'm writing that down. Give me one second because I want to write that down. Bless your heart, Sean. See, I told you you were smart. <laughs> okay, so we've got Saturn, Jupiter, Mercury, the moon. What else? What are some other characteristics of other planets? Then, then the next planet out is Venus. Lovely Venus. So I think that most people know the, uh, you know, the, the, the Venus as the feminine archetype, or that uh, it has. But Venus has to do with yes, Venus has to do with love, relationships, creativity, uh, social interactions. It's the planet of pleasure and you know the, the the fun stuff in life. Venus is the planet of. It's not only the planet of women, but it's it's the planet of relationships. However, if you peel away some of those layers that I just mentioned, it's the planet, Venus is the planet of love. But for even more importantly than that, the Venus is the planet of a person's own interior value system. It's what they love. It's not only who they love, but it's what they love and how they love. So that, and that, that for people is a really fraught uh, condition. What, what's going on with Venus? I mean, you know, relationships are difficult for most people or mm, complex, at least we're gonna say they're complex. So just identifying where, upper, where your Venus is, it says that you can legitimately put your time and attention on, on what Venus represents in your, own, in your own chart. And you know, this changes frequently. Venus, Venus moves through a sign in about a month. And so it has nothing to do with the sun sign. It's all, Venus is always going to be near a person's sun sign. But, um, you know, just being able to honor your own individual value system and being able to identify that, I think is, uh, you know, I think that's, I think that's liberating in a certain way. Yeah, that's very cool. I like that. Okay, what's yeah. next? Who's, who's next? Mars. So Mars is the planet of, uh, well, you know, we would popularly know that Mars is the planet of war, aggression, assertion, uh, competition, conflict, um, ego, those sorts of things. However, Mars is the planet of tools and weapons. Now that's my characterization, just to keep it simple, tools and weapons. So identifying where a, a person's Mars identifies what their sharpest tools and weapons are, how they get things done. Mars is the planet of desire, how to identify what, what you desire and how you get that. Now that can be, that can also be really conf conflicted. It can be straightforward or it can be it can be very complex, but just being able to identify your skill set. So, for instance, if a person has Mars in Virgo, then the way they they uh, the way they get the way they get what they want is through logic, analysis, or rationality by looking at details, by by doing taking care of the little teensy bits of things to make the bigger things happen. If uh, if if Mars is in Scorpio, they'd be a you know, they, they do their work behind the scenes. If Mars is in Aries, they just go out there full force with their swords drawn and start hacking away at things. And and the thing about that is I'm, you know, I'm being lighthearted about this, Sean, and I'm characterizing this in certain ways. But, but the idea there is it gives a person permission to use their own style if that works for, if that works for them. If there's something pathological about that, then it also says you might want to watch out for this other thing. That's Great. Okay, let's keep going. Who else? Who's next? 
So Jupiter, Jupiter's next in the in the lineup, but we've talked about that. But Jupiter's a very important planet too. Uh, in addition to the things that we've just uh, brought up, Jupiter's the planet of a person's belief system. Now that doesn't get much press, but you know, sometimes I have clients, and if I ask them, do they even know what they believe in? Gosh, I can really boy, that's a real conversation killer. Uh, that could really draw a blank, but. Uh, being able to define person, a person's operating assumption, their their life philosophy. It doesn't have necessarily to do with religious convictions, but, you know, that gives them purpose and propels them forward. Ju- no, identifying Jupiter. Yeah. Just, I mean, just one of the many aspects of Jupiter. So then uh, we, we, we talked a bit about Saturn, and I didn't want to minimize Saturn either, but and I purposely say Saturn as Saturn instead of Saturn. Um, Saturn. Uh, Saturn is, uh, you know, Saturn's a serious planet, and you need to buck up and do things right and not cut corners and be on time and under budget and, you know, pay an attention. And so just identifying what your, you know, Saturn says that can be a very, it was a, a very strong point and a very weak point. Saturn is a person's security consciousness and a million other things. But just for the, for the sake of, you know, being able to get through the astronomical astrological survey. So the next planet out from Saturn is completely different than Saturn, the planet of boundaries and rules and regulations. And that is the planet Uranus. And Uranus is the planet of, of freedom, liberation, self-actualization, a, a person's true self, capital T and capital S on true self. Uranus is the planet of a person's individual genius. And so that's typically in the background. But when that planet is activated, then, you know, all bets are off. All hell breaks loose. It's into the breach. It's damn the torpedoes into the unknown future. So that is a really good identifier. The, the, the movement in the sky of the planet Uranus says a person is liberated from their preconceived notions on of who they are. It's the planet of freedom. And that I, you can tell that I really love Uranus. I love all the planets, but I really like Uranus. And then going beyond Uranus is the planet Neptune. Now, Neptune is every is anybody's Achilles heel. It identifies what, you know, the expression they don't know what they don't know. Well, that's that's what Neptune has to. That's what Neptune defines, and along with a million other things, Neptune is the planet of a, a person's spiritual orientation, or their connection with the divine, or their higher self, or the quantum universe, or, or the world of dreams, or dreams and illusions. It's also a person's, uh, it's all, wherever that falls, it says a person has a, a, a tendency for um, self-subversion, or at least benign neglect. That needs careful attention. Uh, and then finally, Pluto. Uh, we could say, finally, Pluto. So Pluto is a planet of a person's shadow issues. Pl- Pluto, no matter what the astronomers say, Pluto is a is a first class, first class really powerful planet. Pluto is the most planetful, uh, most powerful planet in the solar system, uh, because it's the planet of birth and death and rebirth. There's, you got to admit, there's nothing more powerful than birth or death, or rebirth. So, and it's, it's it has quite a mysterious effect, because it's the planet. Of, as I said, it's a planet of the underworld. It's the planet of uh, hidden motivations. It's the planet of repression, suppression, anything that's uh, ignored, repressed, denied, morbid, or decayed, or obsolete. 
So when that shows up in an active way, that does a very complex, it can, we could run the gamut from being tortured to being utter purity. Uh, each one of these planets has a very wide portfolio. So, wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I say every day. Thank you for. I know that. I mean, we're we're like we're like sprinting through these these characteristics, and I pre, I know that it's not easy to, you know, simplify and co- condense this 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 information. So I thank you for bearing with for bearing with me in this. I'd love to know um, uh, what the planetary weather looks like because we're in the beginning half of the or beginning part of the year. It would be really cool and I think really useful for people to understand um, what sort. I mean, I don't even want to qualify it too far. Like, what? What? How do things look this year, Charlotte? Well, it might be a rocky year. Now, it is not like me to be negative, and I am not being negative. I have I just train myself to tell it as to tell it like I see it. So, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, according to Chinese astrology, it's the uh, is the year of the of the of the boar or the pig or and so you know in a certain way things are you know kind of mellow. But however, um, the way I would I, I the way I would calibrate this would be to say the reason I just kind of put that out there, uh, that it might be a bit of a rocky year, is that there are three powerful planets clustered together in a, in a small part of the sky. And so you can, as you can imagine, that um, that could throw certain, uh, the st- this will throw the status quo off balance. And what do I mean by the status quo? Well, you know, in the macro view, it could be something really quite politically uh, um destabilizing um so again just to identify the planets in play for your astute listeners i'm looking at now i did not mention either the south node or the north node of the moon in my litany of the planetary influences but these are two these are just tack this on because it's relevant uh the 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 points in space where eclipses occur although they don't have any mass these are these are full-fledged planets in in Vedic astrology, and they have they have they have a lot of power in certain ways. I won't get off track by that, but I, I want to say that the the one of the planets that produces eclipses, uh, we could call that the south node of the moon, is in the same place as Saturn and Pluto. Now, these are powerful planets, no matter what the astronomers say about Pluto. Um, and to have them clustered together, it says uh, they they happen to fall in the constellation of Sagittarius. Sagittarius, here is the baseline. Now this is a this could be a long conversation, but it won't be because I'll give you the the essential issue about planets in Sagittarius is that it is the dichotomy between truth with a capital T and dogma. Sagittarius is a religious sign, not a spiritual sign. It's a religious sign. Hmm. So here's these three planets clustered together, three powerful, mm, let's be honest, we call we would call them malefic planets in Sagittarius. So if a, in an individual's chart, if they have planets, if they have personal planets in the same area where these other planets are clustered, then, you know, they need to keep, you know, sleep with one eye open or else prepare or, or, you prepare however you can. And I don't mean to sound cheesy like that. This is totally out of my character to say, 
you know, prepare for something. But that's the point of astrology. It can't always be chocolate pudding, can it? Or coconut pudding, whatever your <laughs> uh, or whatever you like. Um, so, so in terms of your simple question to me, what's the planetary weather look like this year? Well, uh, for many years, I've been hearing the, the, the most competent Vedic astrologers pointing toward the end of the first quarter of 2019. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Thank you. Uh, of being, a, you know, a time of major destabilization. So whether that has anything to do with the Mueller report, Brexit, uh, um, uh, you know, major weather patterns, crop failure, whatever it is. You know, it doesn't necessarily define what the, uh, you, what the, you know, where the fail is, but I think really it has to do, you know, a lot of this has to do with issues of morals, ethics, truth, dogma, philosophy, because these fall in the sign or the constellation of Sagittarius, which is concerns itself with those things. Then there's a little, there's a little, another aftershock from whatever happens at that point, in the you know in the early spring again in mid uh in mid-june there's some other planets that pile up to sort of uh there's another inflection point associated with that so here's here is the message what i what i tell all of my clients is to you know kind of um you know don't over leverage yourself you know watch sure keep you know striving striving forward and do your best work but don't start gold plating the um, you know, the fixtures in the bathroom or, you know, don't leverage yourself too much. It's a simple concept. Yeah. And then just see how things go. You know, if you've got risky investments or, uh, you know, just just chill a bit. That's the better part of wisdom. However, um, looking at some, uh, you know, those are the most important, uh, the important features. But if we just kind of give a, a give a, a once over lightly here, um, for instance, currently the planet Mars, remember Mars is the planet of tools and weapons. Mars is very happy in the sky as Mars is in its own sign until March 22nd. So how can you use that piece of information? Well, it, that is actually good for, um, for doing your personal best not necessarily in competition with another person, but it says this is a good time to, you know, stretch yourself a little bit. I realize I just said, don't go, you know, don't go overboard. But still, there's a, this is good for uh, personal best sort of efforts as opposed to competitive efforts. Yeah, I get I, I get the distinction there between, you know, outward expressions of, um, you know, um, Overextending your investments, overextending your business practices um, versus, you know, understanding the self a little bit better and doing work on yourself so that you can you can be your truest expression of your opportunities or your potential. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, in uh, in March, Mercury will be retrograde. Uh, so, again, I'm not being sloppy about the timing, just saying next month. That, that says put a little teensy bit of extra attention on where you put the decimal point, I guess. Uh, that would be between March 5th and March 28th. It's not that big of a deal. We're all used to, you know, this happens three times a year for three weeks at a time. We're all used to this. But, uh, you know, just a little, a little mindfulness is the key. Just simply being aware of where the planets are and intending to cooperate with what they're doing. That is half the battle, right? 
because you get yourself in some kind. There is a pre-existing pattern that is that's created in the macrocosm, whether we know it or not. If we intend to work with that kind of energy, it just it just makes everything come out better. I think. I want to dig into that a little bit. I, I'm I'm curious. Okay. I'm curious about that because. Um, uh, the fact that when you're born in a place at a time, there are fixed variables. The star, the, the, the planets are doing a certain thing. And from that, and, and I think it's important now as I ramble to highlight how this is not new stuff. This is not, this is not an innovative idea. This is not like uh, cutting, cutting edge in a way. This is We've been, the, 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 the Vedics have been doing this and tracking this so closely for such a long time so that when you are born, the planets are in a certain position and they move and they do things and they have certain yeah. energies. I mean, the way that I sometimes think about it for, for sort of the layperson is, you know, the moon influences the tides. It's, yeah. it's undeniable. The moon influences the tides. Well, well, it's not that big of a jump to go from the moon influences the tides to the moon influences the person. The hydrogen-based physical person body is also influenced by the moon and also influenced by Saturn and all these other planets. So I'm yeah. curious about how you think about um, and how useful it is for people to understand that this is a, a very specific variable that they can understand that will help them live a better life? Well, yes. I, I guess that was a statement. I was really question. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I entirely agree with that statement, Sean. Uh, but uh, um, let's see. Well, you know, at, at, at any given point, you know, it used to be not that long ago, any educated cultured person would know what their moon sign is uh, just because so they could understand their self better and that other people around them could, you know, appeal to their, uh, you know, appeal to their priorities. So, I mean, just knowing this about yourself, you know, what it said over uh, the, 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 the entrance of the cave at the Oracle of Delphi, it said, know thyself and all will be known. Know thyself and all will be known. And I think it's a really lovely romantic idea to think you are participating in the cosmos in a certain specific way based on, it, this is not random. When anybody, sh when, when, when somebody's born, that is not a random occurrence. The, there's a, well, we can go off on. We can, let's go there. Born. Let's go there. Well, you know, I mean, Plato says in the Timaeus, he said that a soul has a pre-contract to be incarnated under specific circumstances for the development of that soul. Now, that's a philosophical premise. Maybe, it, you know, it makes sense scientifically that this is the unit. The word cosmos means order. Order. So none of this is random. Even if you wonder, what was I thinking being born with a... Uh, Mars Uranus conjunction or whatever you would say to yourself. What was I thinking? Well, that remains to be seen. But the idea here is to be able to identify pre-existing conditions which will serve you or hinder you based on your consciousness of these conditions. I think it's you know it's easy enough to find out where your planets are when you were born. You can go online. There's plenty of free sites to do that. Frankly, 
Uh, I mean, I'm not directing people toward me. I'm plenty busy. I mean, I will help if I can, but I, I mean that there, we live in such a wonderful world that there are modern resources. You just tap in your birth date, time and place and see what you come up with. I mean, having said that, you know that not all of that is 100% accurate, but at, at least the, the identifying, the, the, the identifying, uh, 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 the identification of what your default settings are. I think we could consider the planets as being default settings. So to carve around to your, I think your implied question, or maybe your uh, expressed question, Sean, was how much can this be altered or shifted or changed? Um, your, 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 your term of fixed variable? Well, okay, we consider some of these planets can be changed through consciousness, uh, through willpower, through efforts, through choices. Some of them cannot. You know, there's, there's always that... Uh, there is that conversation about fate and free will. I think, here's what I've concluded in my vast conclusion. My my personal, this is just my personal perception of this, is that there is about 70% free will in this generation, at least in the West. So I'm sorry if that sounds heretical. Um, and about 30% fate or destiny. You can, you can change your default settings through in your intelligent uh, uh, and using your, you know, using your 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 highest capacity, you can change some of these things. Some of this is destiny that's going to be worked out uh, somehow. Gosh, I don't know if I went off the rails interesting. or if, if that actually answered something. That is interesting. I've never I've never heard and and I believe certain things about free will. Um, I've never heard it characterized as sort of a 70-30 uh, thing. That's really fascinating to me. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, that's my, that's how I've observed these things. Um, so, but you know, uh, it doesn't have to be either or. I have these debates with my friends frequently. It's, you know, it's, it's both and. It's both and. It's both fate and free will. Uh, but I have to say, it's quite possible that not that long ago, in previous generations, it was going to be more fate than free will. But, uh, you know, it is to be hoped that um, that it's a constant state of, uh, you know, the up, upward spiral of evolution. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another, another question for you. When critics come in and they pick it apart and, oh, this is new age mumbo jumbo, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't apply to me or, uh, you know, I don't believe in God and, and so I have certain beliefs that, that, uh, that sort of disqualify this wisdom. Like, how do you address critics when they try to poke holes in all of this? Well, I sort of gotten past that phase, but I remember that from way back. <laughs> it depends on what kind of a mood you catch me in. Um, but typically, I would say, I, I would say, in the, with all due respect to that person, that they actually do not know what they are talking about. Uh, now, it, it is true that there's a very active science uh, in the. It's not a scientific bias against astrology. It's a bias against from the scientific community uh, against astrology for whatever reason. But you know, it's mainly, gosh, don't tell any of my colleagues this, but you know, the problem with astrology is astrologers. Um, because they're, 
with all due respect, sometimes they don't know what they're talking about. They can talk very uh, vociferously about their their passionate subject of astrology, but but the, the people that uh, you know, people that I would care whose opinion uh, the opinion about astrology are typically uh, you know educated scientific people who should know about their astrology, but they object to the fact that they how they have simplified that as saying there's only 12 different types of personalities in the world. You are Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. That's it. That is not that is not astrology. However, at my advanced age, I really don't have that much time to convince a, a skeptic. Um, they can believe whatever they want to. I don't care what they believe. They're they don't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, the other day at a dinner party, uh, I do. I never. I never uh, introduce myself as an astrologer. That is a deep secret. That's a on a need to know basis. But somebody at a dinner party had found out that I was an astrologer. This guy said to me, he was a a retired engineer from Boeing. He said that can't possibly work. I just looked at him. And I just, one cannot have a conversation along those lines. One of these days I will have that conversation. I will tell, I will explain how the world works to that young man. But um, Well, in three generations ago, flying wasn't possible. So there. Well, there you go. Yeah, pal. Yeah, let me tell you how the world works, pal. But you know, if uh, I used to have that, I used to have that conversation and disabuse people of the notion that whatever they read on the, on the, we used to have these things called newspapers, and uh, these sun sign columns used to appear in newspapers, and that is not astrology. So, so they just don't know what they're talking about, and that which is fine. God, I mean, you well, know, I I think that I, here's my uh, my opinion on on the way that the that sort of mentality is is shifting across the planet. I believe that we are in the midst of an awakening on the planet. And I think that there are people that are referencing ancient resources again. I think that there's a more interest in astrology. I think there's more interest in magical practices and evocations and crystals and postures and mudras. And and I think that um, this is the sort of information that's like it certainly doesn't hurt you or hurt your feelings to know this stuff, to have an understanding of this wisdom. It certainly doesn't offend your sensibilities, the fact that the planets were doing a certain thing when you were born, and they've been doing certain things, measurable things, for since the Big Bang. I don't know, maybe we can avoid the Big Bang. I don't know what your opinion is on the Big Bang. But there, it, it's undeniable. You cannot, you cannot say that doesn't work. It's like saying, water doesn't work it's it's measure it's exactly. measurable and so because it doesn't hurt and it should not offend you to understand this sort of information that has been passed down through generations and generations mm-hmm. this is the type of thing that you might as well understand it you might as well have an understanding of the characteristics of the moon. You might as well have an understanding of the characteristics of the planets and what they mean for you. Um, because if you're interested in in living an examined life, uh, mm-hmm. it should be a part of your awareness. I agree. Period. Yes. It's, yeah. 
Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You know thyself and all will be known. And it, you know, and it takes a long time to know oneself, doesn't it? Uh, you know, people are complex and everybody's different from everybody else. And if there, you know, if there's some way to objectify, um, you, you know, what those, what those, um, what those characteristics or, 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 or different variables are, gosh, I think it is a very valuable information technology. I know that I, 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 I purposely say that I think of myself as a scientist. I think of myself as a metaphysician, but a scientist. When I'm looking at when I'm looking at what a chart, there is a I am calculating a position in space which is irrefutable. Any you know an astronomer would come up with the same map that I do, exactly the same map. The difference is that an astronomer doesn't know the meanings of what those planets are. We can define the positions. Well, that's very interesting, but uh, what what is the point of that? Hmm, I'm not sure again if I veered off. No, but, that's that's perfect. Uh, I certainly agree well, with you. Well, and and it's and you know, uh, well, there's a quote that I read earlier that I wanted to I wanted to share here because I think it resonates with um, uh, it should it should make so this is from uh, J P Morgan, and the the quote oh, yeah. is anyone can be a millionaire, but to become a billionaire you need an astrologer. <laughs> yes, from J P Morgan. I mean, for crying out loud. Well, yes. Well, the, that is the thing. I mean, thank you for bringing that up. That that sort of opens a couple of different comments. But yes, it's true. Astrology can define uh, uh, ba- basic macro cycles from from you know from a distance, really uh, from the vantage point of being able to see around the corner. And yeah, there, uh, which we already know. I mean, we could we can we already know where the planets are going to be a hundred years from now. Not that that will do us any good, but uh, even knowing where planets are going to be five years from now could actually do some some good for for people that have the the intelligence and the resources to consider that. Like people like J.P. Morgan. Now he's from the way back, but I have to tell you that most titans of industry, politicians, CEOs on any in any culture use the uh, use the services of good astrologers i know that personally <laughs> uh, they're certainly not broadcasting that because they don't want the you know the people that are prejudiced against that to be prejudiced against them but again it's simply information yeah yeah well clearly business is booming for you because you're making <laughs> lots of lots of there's a there's a billionaire calling you right now charlotte um yeah, yeah they're <laughs> You know, that is actually somebody from Mountain View. So, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can, can continue continue on that that frame of thought. That 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 quote you said that quote sort of elicited uh, some some thoughts and feelings that you have about you know if you want to be a mil- anybody can be a millionaire, but in order to be a billionaire, you have to you have to talk to an astrologer. Well, yeah, and I, I you know I. I I wish it were a more, uh, you know, some of this is an open secret. So, for instance, remember when President Reagan was in office, he used the, he used the services of an astrologer to, uh, for timing of things. Uh, uh, yes, I wish I could, I wish I could drop names, but I can't. Uh, but uh, you know, it's um, it's 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 not this. And astrology is not so exotic. It's simply a weather forecast, for heaven's sakes. And, and, and it's, it's not really fated prediction either. It simply describes 
certain conditions in the ambient uh, mm. where you you can take it. So right now in Phoenix, I live in the middle of the desert. It is raining. Amazing. Yay, it's raining. So what? I, you know, we're not going to go running out on the green belt uh, in the rain. God forbid we should get wet. Uh, it, it's just completely neutral information. Uh, we, we knew that it was going to rain here a week ago. And the same thing is true with an individual's life. I, um, so the people that, that, that have the resources to consult people like me, that, you know, they're planning ahead. They're, they know when there's, they're assuming when there's going to be a downturn, so they're not going to be making risky investments. Uh, it's like Warren Buffett said, he always sold too early. I think that was very clever of him to say that. I had in the trend. How did he know what that trend is? I don't know how he knew what that trend is. I'm not implying anything except to say that, uh, to, you know, you might as well use natural cycles to your advantage, no matter what your, no matter, you know, no matter what your net worth, it works for everybody from their own frame of reference. When people, when people hire you to do, um, do you call them readings? No, I do not call them readings. If it were that simple, everybody could do this. I call these consultations, sessions, conferences. I, you know, I'm, I consider myself to be something like an attorney or a doctor. So, when, know, we, so when someone hires you to do a consultation, can do you do some people? I mean, uh, do some people ask questions about what's going to happen in five years? Do they ask about their death? Do they? Does it go that far? Well, very rarely people ask me about that, and and you know that is not my area of expertise. I tell people that that is that is up to them and 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 God or the divine. Um, yes, but they do ask typically. But typically, when a client comes to me, again as I mentioned earlier, they're at some kind of a crossroads, and and really my. My experience in my practice has to been to immediately identify the identify the the situation, identify their options, and stabilize them, get them through the next two weeks or the next two months, w without projecting too much down the road. Yes, we can project down the road, um, as I, I just referenced earlier in in, uh, in our conversation. I, I told you that I have been hearing for the last five years at least. Uh, the Vedic astrologers pointing to the end of the first quarter of 2019 as being a major global economic downturn. Of course, I disregarded that because five years was so far away. But I heard the word 2019 is like, that's science fiction. But in any case, yes, we can look at major patterns way down the road. But was I, what I tell my clients is that, you know, I can, I can make a projection about what may or may not happen uh, five years down the road, but it depends on what they do before the end of today or in the next six months to get you up to that point. I'm not dodging anything. I mean, or for instance, another example would be uh, a client yesterday said, when is a good time for me to retire? So we calculated that five years down the road. Saturn will be entering your 12th house in whenever it was in 2025. And you know, you may naturally feel that you've, that you've tied up all your loose ends then. Uh, so I hope that makes some sense. Um, is the birth of nations, businesses, entity, you know, business entities. Can do, this applies? This applies to non-persons, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, uh, for instance, just a simple act of 
of filing for a corporation or an LLC. Um, I, I do some work in that, uh, in, in that in that field because you know the expression, um, well begun is half done, or uh, you know there's a moment in time where anything you know you launch your ship at high tide, not at low tide. We're not probably launching that many ships these days, but you know the general idea is, is uh, you know doing timing is everything. Timing is everything, and uh, so yeah, not only babies have a, have their birth chart, but uh, I, I looked at the uh, I looked at the birth charts or, or the um, acceptance into the union of uh, some uh, some states recently. A pers- person wanted to have some options to where to move. So we uh, cross-checked a couple of different states and cities, and um, yes, everything has a everything has a birth uh, a, an imprint which stays with them, and is activated under certain conditions. Um, so I remember years ago looking at the years and years ago, uh, just for fun, looking at the the birth chart of Phoenix where I live, uh, because we had the Super Bowl here, and. The municipal chart for Phoenix was just lit up all over the place. And that was a big, I mean, having, you know, Super Bowls apparently are a big deal to a lot of people. Uh, God bless them. But um, it was a big deal to Phoenix when we had it. And it was reflected in the municipal chart for for uh, for this location. That's very uh, cool. That's very cool. So you, did you, when you heard it was in, when you heard that the Super Bowl was coming to Phoenix, did you go back and say, "Oh, I wonder, I wonder if it aligns with the chart?" And you looked it up, and sure enough, it did. Well, I just did, just for fun. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, it did. And I, I think to, I seem to remember that was due to the influence of Uranus. Uh, groups of friendly strangers uh, with a common cause, like going to a football game, huh. Huh. sort of thing. I, I mean, you know, then, then there was the attendant publicity and the, you know, the income stream and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's good for, I mean, speaking of sports gambling, too, uh, back in the day when I was younger and had more leisure time on my hands, we would, uh, you know, predict the outcome of sports games based on the, the coin toss or the kickoff or whatever, you know, the beginning of it, anything like that. So <laughs> that's cool. That might sound distinctly unspiritual. <laughs> you know, that brings up the larger point that astrology can be used for anything, the sublime or the mundane. Uh, what it can be done properly. What are some of what's an example of a sublime and what's an example of a mundane? Well, I would say, with all due respect to everybody else in America, mundane would be sports-related issues, or you know, some kind of material outcome, and uh, spiritual be spiritual would be associated with. Well, for instance, if I were, uh, you know, looking at a person's chart and they were they were under the influence of Neptune, I would. And there, if a person is under the influence of Neptune, just to use this as an example to answer your question or to address your question at least, um, it <clears throat> it means that they are a bit world weary. They are not interested in the outside world. Are they spacing out? Are there are there? You know, it's hard. It would be hard to identify what. Uh, the, the person would be it would be hard to identify what they're feeling because it's a, that Neptune is the planet of ambiguity and ambivalence as well as the planet of spirituality. So if that person would say, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I have no mojo for my job. Um, I would say, well, you know, you're under the influence of Neptune. So for the next two years or so, put more attention on your own spiritual practice. 
It's pretty simple. You don't have to quit your job, but add an additional practice. Again, uh, a spiritual practice. I don't mean a religious practice. I mean a spiritual practice, which would take you into the sublime or out of the mundane or have you access your own ideal higher higher self or access another reality in a in an intentional wholesome way hmm. uh so that that would be the you know the sublime or i would say you know spend time uh spend time dancing or uh, take up watercolors again <laughs> nice but i remember that and i have to just tell you this because it crack i cracked myself up uh, I, I intend to crack myself up, but I remember being on a on a TV show, and they, you know, back in the day, you, I used to be, you know, people would bring me out as a dog and pony show, predict the outcome of this thing. Well, I went along with that just because for cheap entertainment, my cheap entertainment. <laughs> and I remember, you know, they'd throw these, these radio guys or TV guys would throw a question at me: uh, What's the outcome of this? Um, oh, Notre Dame or Notre Dame, as they call it. What's the outcome of this game? Because the, the president of Notre Dame was sitting there with me. He was trying to stay as far away from me as he could because he knew I was an astrologer. But anyway, okay, I'll, I'll address the question. I typed something out and the chart came up and I stared at that for a while, for a moment. You can't stare for too long on TV. I said, is it possible to actually lose by 50 points? I mean, you can't lose by 50 points in football, apparently, except... And this particular game, when Notre Dame lost by something like 45 points or something like that. Wow. I still didn't get credit for that, although I did rib the, <laughs> I did email the, 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 the Irish host and say, well, what, what, I don't care what happened, but there you go. I, so that would be mundane. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing I... You know, sometimes it's a good thing I don't know the details so I can just blurt them out. Yeah, but that level of specificity, like to be able to look at that and to say, okay, that, that that's probably, if there's, you know, forget about what you know about football, but just to say like 45 points, to be within five points, like that must, that's amazing. Well, you know, when you're under that kind of pressure as a professional, you know, there is some kind of a divine force that also... You know, I have to tell you, Sean, although this sounds corny, I don't care. You know, I'm, a, I'm an old lady. I don't care what people think about me anymore. But I, I'll be honest with you. I pray for divine guidance. You, you can't really do what I just did unless you've got some other, you know, tapping into something. And it wasn't for my personal glory because there was none. It was more to, <laughs> more to support the concept of astrology as a valid information system. Mm. And, I was just looking at a moment in time where I was able to identify where the planets were moving at that given moment. It just gave me a little, you know, a little screenshot of the sky. And uh, based on that, I blurted that out. So, uh, well, so now you've got my interest peaked. Um, <laughs> well, great. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's not to say that my interest has not been peaked in this conversation because of course it has uh oh yeah. i know i knew that what what is your what is that higher awareness what is that uh if you don't mind telling uh, explaining us to uh to us a little bit like what is that maybe use the word divine or higher higher awareness that you that you use in a, above and beyond the you know the the analysis and and metaphysics of a chart like what what is your yeah. what is your higher higher being 
yeah. And a little early in the day for that kind of a question. <laughs> well, Jesus, keeping it as simple as I can, I'm a simple person, but you know, uh, you know, one one hopes that one doesn't have to use only your, your one's individual mind to figure things out. I mean, I certainly hope not. I wouldn't be able to get as far as I could just using my own brain. But, you know, the intention to, to, first of all, to recognize that there is whatever you call it, the mind of God, the mind of nature, um, the... Uh, there's God, there's the, God calling right there. Thank you. Hello, I'm here. Um, but, you know, you know, but people can tap into that simply with the intention to be able to access whatever you call it, the divine mind, the mind of nature, uh, your own higher consciousness, the collective unconscious, the Akashic records, you know, it's hard to, uh, the quantum universe, what the heck? It's all about conscious, opening your third eye. It doesn't matter what you call it, really, because, um, you know, it's a different, la you know, anybody, everybody has a different language for it, but it certainly exists. And uh, I think the, the key is to intend to, to uh, intend to have access to it. It's simply a matter of intention. Um uh, and and then uh, then the question is, what are you going to do with that? that? With that, what are you going to do with that higher information source? I mean, it's a rhetorical question. Um, uh, you know, a, a person's not going to uh, download the uh, you know the the, the Powerball numbers. I mean, well, maybe they. I, I wouldn't put anything past anyone, but you know, uh, it's for you know what what are you asking for, and then what are you going to use it for? Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, my, my simple prayer is let me be useful, uh, and let me be aware of the, inf let me have the eyes to see, you know, the clues I'm, the clues and the cues I'm getting from my environment. Uh, and when I studied astrology in India, they, uh, I learned that, uh, anything that intrudes on the course of a session, uh, uh, supports the previous sentence. If I've just said, um, Something, oh, um, someone, uh, you know, there's an addition to your family this year or something quaint like that. And the phone rings or the dog barks or a bird flies into the window or whatever it is. Uh, there is, it is to be assumed that they're constantly around a person. A con I don't know if it's multiple universes or, uh, well, let's see, multiple universes. Why not? I mean, or the quantum universe. You know, it's not just what you can see that is uh that's operating yeah i mean I, I think we all know that and i put that in a very crude terminology but uh but i mean that's my that based on based on evidence if if scientists want to say astrology positive can't possibly work well based on evidence it actually does and based on evidence if you uh throw your intention if you ask for whatever it is uh divine aid or divine knowledge or divine information. I just use the term divine. God, Jesus, Buddhist, Krishna, whomever, uh, forces of nature. It is there. It's it's accessible. But you know, there's a spiritual protocol here too, in that because there's free will, because there's free will, the forces around a person that can assist a person cannot intrude unless they are invoked hmm. or invited or asked, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of philosophy associated with that, but that's these are these are my operating assumptions again based on evidence. Yeah, I'm with you, lockstep. I absolutely, and you know that about me. But um, 
that ex- that ability to access that force um we all have it's all it's all available to each of us it is our birthright it is yeah it is something that we are um that we are capable of every moment of every day and mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be dogmatic it doesn't need to be sagittarian it doesn't need to be sorry i was, sorry, I was trying to drop around oh good good one <laughs> but it it it's it's certainly it's certainly a force and it's certainly something that, that that all of us can access and whether or not we choose to bring it in to evoke to um uh show gratitude for it to make use of it to be intentional with it that's up to you man like do whatever you want to do um and also it's there if you want it and there are so many ways to access this higher wisdom. And we have done an excellent job today of, of, of explaining, well, we, you have done an excellent job today of laying out, I think, some very practical, very easy to understand characteristics and ways to think about how astrology is a valuable tool for measurement. And I'm really thankful for you. I appreciate oh. it. Ah, well, likewise, Sean. You make my job. You make my job easy by asking intelligent, thoughtful questions. Where can people get a hold of you? Where can they find you? Where, where, where are you most easily connected with? Um, yeah, through a you know simple email. Uh, cb at charlottebenson.com. I do have a I do have a website. It's been there since the '90s. I, I mean, I have no, I have no motivation to update it, but I mean, it exists out there in space, apparently. Uh, but you, you know, I, I do answer my emails eventually. But um, you know, I'm, again, my, uh, um, you know, my 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 direction to myself is to be useful. So I make myself accessible to people. Um, I, you know, I, I especially like to talk to younger people. I like to talk to. I mean, I will talk to anybody. Of any age, but you know, when when a person is young, for me, young is anything under forty-two. It, uh, you know, just you know, it kind of just gives them direction, make the best use of their incarnation on this planet. This is so rare to be incarnated as a human being. God, it, you know, make the most of that. But wait a second, your question was, how do they reach me? Well, email, email me, or just Google, Google my name. Well, Charlotte, thank you so much. Um, this has been an excellent, excellent interview. I really appreciate it. I like to end every episode with the same fill in the blank. So if you would, fill in this blank. Okay. Um, everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing their own moon sign? At, at least. <laughs> Charlotte, thanks for joining us on the Optimal Performance Podcast. It was my pleasure and an honor. So, thank you, Sean. Oh, sliding in at the very end with a little outro today. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And it's been so much fun to get the great feedback that I have from some of you that listen every single week and that have been listening for years. Thank you very much. It means a ton. 
Also, if you would please subscribe, it does a major improvement to our numbers. So if you please would subscribe and if you dig this, please post it on Facebook, share it, interact with us and uh, drop me a line, sean at optimalperformance.com. I got some free advice. I'd love to give it to you. Thanks again for listening and till next week.